Welcome to Thriller Podcast with Car Gonzalez. Broadcasting live from Austin, Texas. At Texas Bitcoin Conference 2018. Via SoundCloud and supported by listeners like you. Now, here is your host, Car Gonzalez. Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thriller Podcast. Today was day two of the Texas Bitcoin Conference. It was a lot of fun. Um, today, I felt like I actually learned a lot more than yesterday. There's some very great panels. Um, the day started off with Wanchain, and they had a big presentation. Uh, I honestly had no idea the amount of work that they put into the project. I've always heard of Wanchain. You know, this is a crypto that um, there's always people um, talking about it all the time. But, you know, some good, some bad. But this is actually the first time I actually got to sit and listen to the company talk about the project and explain uh, exactly what's going on. Uh, we got really lucky because we actually were able to get an interview from not only somebody from Wanchain, but probably one of the most important people of Wanchain. Um, check this out. Hi, uh, hello everyone. This is Weijia from uh, Wanchain. Yeah, it's a great time. We come back to uh, Texas Bitcoin Conference. We demonstrate our first uh, cross-chain decentralized exchange. And here, there in that uh, demonstration, we show that you can easily uh, kind of cross-chain Ethereum asset to one chain, and then do some exchanges on one chain, and then transfer those assets into Bitcoin uh, blockchain so that what well, user can just simply use a simple GUI to do the cross-chain transaction without uh, dependency on any exchanges. And Weijia, um, when you went on stage, you explained how we were still in the early days, but you guys are kind of building everything out. Um, can you talk about uh, the state that we're in with blockchain right now and how Wanchain plans to uh, push everything forward? Yeah, I think uh, as Jack mentioned, our founder mentioned that we kind of this is very similar to internet development, right? Essentially, internet was de developed locally, and then we have this uh, TCIP coming, and then we have uh, Tim Berners-Lee coming with the World Wide Web, and then once we have a common protocol, then everything can talk with each other. Then we have the World Wide Web that's bring us the e-commerce today, which make everything uh, simple and everything kind of connected together. I think we're at a stage where you have individual chains such as uh, Ethereum chain, great, Bitcoin chain, blockchain, great, but you don't have bridges to connect them. It's, there's no standard to connect them. So there's no common protocol to connect them. So we are at that stage. We are at the, we are before the invention, pre-World Wide Web stage for blockchain. So I think that's the common ch challenges for, for all the people who work on blockchain. Yeah, and uh, you guys gave a great presentation. Uh, you you kind of, everybody loved your presentation because you, you got them thinking about everything. So that was great. Um, uh, I guess my question would be, how do you see uh, to, to working with Ethereum, I, I guess, uh, and working with Bitcoin and working with different, I guess, founders and developers in the space? Do you think it's, um, is it easy to do that, to reach out to them? Or are you finding them uh, not so easy to work with? Yeah, I think... Uh well, first, I think uh, 
blockchain people are very collaborative. Oh, okay. So that's good. Okay, that's good. we don't fight against each other because we have the common goal to make blockchain kind of similar to internet. Right. So we are at that stage, which is good. And the good thing is that for hyperledger projects and for EEA Ethereum uh, Enterprise Alliance, they all have group of people from different blockchains working together to push for common standard and common specifications. So we find it actually fairly easy to work with each other in this space, which is a good thing for, for blockchain. Yeah, that's great. And uh, thank you so much for coming on the show. And uh, um, how long are you guys staying in Austin? Are you guys planning on leaving here tomorrow? How are you guys liking the city? Stuff like that. Yeah, we, we love Austin. Actually, we have people from Beijing, people from Spain, people from London, and people from Montana. Actually, I am in Austin. I live in Austin for 20 years. I have seen the growth of Austin. So I love Austin, love this Texas Bitcoin conference. So, yeah. Well, thank you. Wow. Well, thank you so much. We're going to have to get you on the show sometime. But, uh, yeah, thank you for everything you do. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he probably had the best um, presentation um, out of the uh, multiple people that came up for Wanchain. And I was just, uh, I just knew that I wanted him to come on the podcast to to explain. I didn't know that he's actually from Austin. So we're definitely going to have to have him come back on the podcast uh, sometime soon uh, to tell us more about his job there at Wanchain and um, his, his, uh, his tenure because he was actually with Dell for a really long time as well too. Um, so I think it'd be I think it'd be a very interesting experience, especially coming from head of engineering of a blockchain project. So we'll see what we can do. Um, the very next person that I want to bring up today was Gary Leland, and Gary, uh, I met him at the Texas Bitcoin Conference, and uh, actually we talk about how we met inside the podcast. So you know what? Let me just play that for you now. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and we're at the Texas Bitcoin Conference. We have uh, Gary Leland from the Crypto Cousins podcast. Hey, how's it going, Gary? It's going excellent. And I do have to tell you, I listened to your podcast last night, and I really enjoyed it. I'm a subscriber now. Oh, wow. Uh, so you hear that, Thriller Army? We need to go out there and support everybody in this space. So make sure you go out and listen to the Crypto Cousins podcast and definitely hit subscribe on that. Uh, I'll definitely have to... Um, you know, go back and I know you guys had on tons of people throughout the years, Tone Vays, any any names that you guys had on in the past that kind of stick out? Well, we had John McAfee on early and that was an interesting, uh, that was an interesting <laughs> one. I tried to get with him for two weeks and I'm driving down the highway and I get a text from John. He's going, I'm ready now. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's funny. I, I think I've reached out to him once, but I, I, we never heard anything back from him. Well, you really need to get the information on Janice. If you can get Janice's info, uh, she okay. tells John, she takes care of everything. Okay. I think John just shows up where she says to go. Oh, really? That makes sense. Uh, yeah, because a lot of our listeners are fat, big fans of John and want him on the show. Um, but uh, I was going to ask you, so how do you, what do you think about the Texas Bitcoin Conference this year? Do you, are you finding anything uh, that surprised you? Um, I don't know if anything's really surprised me. I think it's pretty much expected. I think they did a great job. You know, we are in a bear market, so... Um, a lot of conferences, I've seen a lot of conferences with big names that haven't made, you know, so I think that shows how uh, good of a fan base they have for this conference, that this conference is doing real well in this bear market. Yeah, for sure. I definitely think it's, it's a lot more people than I anticipated. And um, yeah, some really interesting stuff coming out here. Um, so you're, you're from the Dallas area. Um, how's how it, you do notice like the podcasting space in that area a little bit different than the Austin area or it's all the same? I don't, there's not a real big uh, podcasting space there. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say necessarily. Um, 
most of the podcasting spaces there I'm involved in or I had something probably to do with, like oh, I run the uh, Podcast Dallas, which is our meetup group and uh, things. But we have a nice, strong uh, blockchain association there, North Texas Blockchain Alliance. And they're pretty strong. They're probably the strongest uh, blockchain thing in Dallas-Fort Worth area. Oh, wow. Yeah, I know we were supposed to be heading to that Dallas conference. Super, super some. Fun. Yeah, super yeah. fun. Yeah. And... Um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. But Richard Jacobs put that on in January, I think, of this year and had, what, 3,000 people there. So he assumed he was going to be able to do it again. And I, I think he really got killed. He was going to do it in September. I really think he got killed by the ban on crypto advertising. So he couldn't really push it out there. And I, I think that's exactly well, I don't think it. I know that's what really hurt him was the ban on advertising. And so he had to finally, finally got to the point that he had to pay for the Dallas Convention Center or cut it. And he just, you know, had to make the call, you know. Um, so what do you think of the year so far? You've been in the space for quite some time. Anything other than the crypto winter that you're seeing here that is either surprised you or kind of like business as usual? Um, I, I think it's pretty much business. It seems to me that everybody's like buckling down, trying to take advantage of the winter. This is a, during crypto winter, to me, is a good time to move and make connections and network and talk to people that you may not have been able to talk to. If Bitcoin was $20,000 right now instead of 6400 this conference would have five times as many people at it, and you wouldn't have the one-on-one settings you and I are having right now, the opportunity to talk to people for 20 minutes, you know, because there'd be so many people wanting to talk to them. So this is a great opportunity for people in the world of crypto to strengthen their position, to get to know people and network with people, and to build relationships. And that's what, to me, business is all about, long-term, those relationships you build. And then down the road, people will be coming up to you going, man, I can't believe you know all these people. And why do you know all these people? Because you were doing your work while no one else was interested in doing their work. Yeah, that's solid advice. And, you know, I'm so glad that uh, that, that I think that's one of the reasons why I, I kind of liked you from the get-go. You understood the, the bigger picture and the longer-term value of knowing people, right? I feel like a lot of people in the space don't understand that or they're not looking for that. But You know, I think crypto or I think every business that I'm in needs to use the car lot approach. That's what I call it. Um, you know, if you go to a car lot, You've bought a car before. Yeah. Everybody's bought a car before. Have you ever seen a car lot that didn't have five car lots around them or ten car lots? All car lots get together on the same street or in the same area because they found out a long time ago they do more business when they all group up. And that's the way I think crypto people, I think podcasts should be that way. Whatever you network with in crypto, you need to like pile up and get together and network with each other, and you'll do a lot better instead of going, oh, I'm doing my own deal, and I'm not like sharing with other people. That's, that doesn't get you anything. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like you, you, in, in crypto, to me, you get what you give, especially in what you and I do in the podcasting. Oh, most definitely. You know, like I saw you yesterday. You had this name badge on, which was real cool. And we just started chatting. And uh, last night, I listened to subscribe to your podcast. This morning, you sent me a copy of Name Tag. I mean, look how that worked. Yeah. All right, now I'm on your show, and you're probably going to end up my show. So look what happened already just yeah, from us right. being in a hallway, and we're both open-minded. Yeah. We both have helped and added value to yeah. each other's show. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right, Gary. And that, I think that's one of the main reasons why... You know, I was so drawn to you in the beginning is that, um, yeah, you understand that. And, uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming on the show. And thank you so much for just, you know, I guess um, just being here. Hey, before I go, can I also tell everybody about my new show real quick? Yeah, yeah, go for it. I have a new show called Four Minute Crypto. And it's every weekday morning. It's put out by 7 in the morning. And it's one news article, one news item in four minutes or less. And uh, my real audience is on Alexa. Really? Um, yeah, because they can have that morning news flash, and they just get up and say, Alexa, tell oh, me my news. that's smart. So if you have an Alexa, I'm going to give out that subscription because that's my biggest growing one. Go to 4minutecrypto.com slash Alexa, 
and if you can click uh, you, there, you can click uh, enable. And just when you get up in the morning, you go, Alexa, tell me my news. And it'll give you the four-minute crypto show news item of the day. That's so awesome, Gary. That's such a great idea. Uh, I definitely will have to hit subscribe. I definitely will put that in the show notes so everybody can download it. And uh, you know what I've been thinking about lately? That, that, that you brought up these ideas. I've been thinking about, I feel like this space needs like a, a Joe, Joe Rogan-esque podcast. Yeah. There's nothing like that. No yeah. one's doing that. I feel like that needs to be done. What do you think about that? I think it's a great idea. You need to take the initiative. You have a good voice on the uh, podcast. I mean, I was this morning, and and you really have good questions you ask your host. So you're a pretty sharp cookie. You need to move on with that. I think that would be a real success for you. Yeah, Yeah, I'm looking looking into it, but trying to figure out the studio space here in Austin is pretty expensive. So hopefully we'll see here soon. Hey, you'll figure it out. You're a young guy, and you're successful, (laughs) and you're driven. When you put those things together, you uh, can't lose. It's just a matter of most people give up too soon. That's what I found. If they'd have just stayed a little bit longer, they'd they'd have had had it all happen. But they go, ah, I'm tired. I'm not doing anything. You give up too soon. So don't give up. That's why I tell everybody, don't give up. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Gary, for coming on the show. Thank you so much for being just a great person. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. I enjoyed the car, and I enjoyed meeting you today. I look forward to having a long relationship with you. Of course. Next up, Miguel Fernandez. And Miguel Fernandez was somebody that kind of took me off guard. <laughs> I, I mean that in the nicest way possible. Uh, he actually was trying to recruit people to Portugal. <laughs> uh, he was spreading the gospel of blockchain projects uh, of the tech sector in Portugal and uh, really doing a really good job as an ambassador of Portugal uh, and definitely puts it on the list of places I want to visit because it sounded so great. Um, I, I made sure to talk to him because I want to make sure we get him for an interview. So check it out. Today we have on Miguel Fernandez from Dengen and uh, he is talking about blockchain Portugal and how they're advancing like they're basically giving stuff away to get people to come there. So, Miguel, tell us all about this stuff. Hi, man. Thanks so much for, for the interview. And um, so I'm here to talk a bit about the opportunities of moving to, to Portugal and working on blockchain projects in this industry. Uh, we've been, as a country, investing quite a lot in technology and startups in this, that are disruptive. So blockchain, it's, as everyone probably knows today, one of the biggest spaces for new startups to arise. And we've jumped on that train like two or three years ago. Uh, we have a couple of, a bunch of tax incentives funding like Portuguese national funding for international startups that want to move there and we are very much trying to talk and to attract uh, digital nomads it's one of the places on planet earth where you have like best the better quality of life because of the sunshine and uh, the, the quality like the value for what you get for what you pay it's it, it's quite a lot so uh, I will even um, go a little bit uh, off off script and uh, you can get like for example a meal for five to seven euros and a full meal so like with all you can eat fish wine uh, water if you want water you can have water in dessert so it's you can't find that in in a lot of places yeah well thank you so much miguel um i had a couple more questions if that's okay um so uh, if if uh, if somebody like a developer that's listening right now and they're starting to start up and uh they wanted to find out more information about this do they go to you or where do they start at uh, there's a website that we're building that's uh, that's developed that's dialgarftechup.com so i don't know if then you can send the link yeah, or put, put it, it in I'll the put podcast it in, I'll put it in the show notes but yeah. where, where is that you said uh, algarftechup.com. algarftechup.com 
Yeah. Okay. And then a couple more questions. Um, so have you seen any new people come on board in Portugal and how is that going for them? Yeah. So um, I'd say like five years ago, we were a bit uh, isolated from the world in terms of tech in the last... Five years, uh, yeah, we've been a bit flooded uh, with companies from all over going there, um, from Europe initially, uh, because of the talent and uh, the quality of life. So people that are in Germany, they see an opportunity to hire talent there and work in one of the best places in the world. Um, so we've got a bunch of companies from all over going there. And they like it so far? Oh, yeah, they basically moved there and they're growing their developer base and their companies there. Pretty cool. Um, I guess. I guess that's all my questions. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the podcast. I'll put the link in the show notes, but make sure to reach out to Miguel of Dengun if uh, if you have any questions. Any final words? Yeah, uh, you're more than invited to visit, man. And anyone that wants to go, I'll show you guys around. Awesome. Thanks so much, Miguel. Yeah. Uh, I, I want him to explain because I think his presentation that he gave at Texas Bitcoin Conference was was actually pretty profound. Uh, there's a lot of uh, stuff I did not know about Portugal, and I think. Uh, if they're incentivizing blockchain developers to go and start their projects there, I think most people should know about that, right? So we'll definitely get them on for sure. So there was one panel that I saw today, and it's probably the best panel I saw all weekend. It was the mining panel. And um, David from Messiah was there. And uh, gosh, the amount of information uh, about mining that I had no idea. I mean, there are some things that I knew that we all know in this space about Bitmain, about the ASIC miners, about how they're kind of... I would just say that David was able to explain a lot of that information uh, across to the audience. And a lot of people, like myself included, were just kind of like, wow, we had no idea. And there's some things that we did know, and there's some things that he explained why that was. Um, and then he also talked about uh, Saya uh, and, and how they're combating you know, Bitmain and other uh, mining companies in the space. And uh, gosh, I, I wish I could have live streamed that for y'all, but unfortunately I couldn't. It was out of my hands. But I know the Texas Bitcoin Conference is going to have that on their YouTube channel, hopefully here, you know, pretty soon. Uh, I'll definitely link it in the show notes uh, tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast if it shows up. And um, yeah, it's just one of those one of those videos that if you're involved in the blockchain space and you don't know much about mining and how how centralized it actually really is, um, this is going to help you out a lot to understand that. And uh, yeah, so check it out. It's not something as a community we were comfortable with. Um, and InnoSilicon and Bitmain made it very clear uh, through multiple communications with them that they're like, hey, mining is our right. Like, what do we get out of listening to you? And what, like, what do we get from being cooperative? We're sitting here making tons of money. What you're asking us to do would mean we make less money. So you're going to fork the network so that um, Bitmain won't be able to mine inside? Yeah, and so we had to send a message. It's like, well, no, it's not free money. If you're going to be parasitic and awful, and like, you know, we, we are a community. We're trying to achieve decentralized storage. We have very specific goals. If you're going to come in there, in, in here, into our like turf, using our money, like taking our money, we're paying you to do the block reward. You're going to cause damage. We don't have to. We don't have to live with that. And so we said, we're going to fork. We're gonna, like, Innosilicon, you you've lost the right to keep forty five percent of the hash rate. So as a community, we are moving to a new algorithm where your twenty thirty million dollars of hardware is worth zero. This is like, what do you get out of you know complying with our requests to be nice to our community? 
you get to keep your hardware. Um, you, and so they they lost that. What would your response then be to somebody who said, well, okay, but now that forces people that want to mine on the network to buy Obelisk, right? Yes. Is that correct? So Obelisk has been much more upstanding. That's, as they, that's what you're invested in, though. So now that, that it, it forces the miners to then buy your ASIC. So we, right? we have to come back to the reason that Obelisk was created, which is that we looked in the mining industry and we said there is not a single good actor. There's not a single cryptocurrency friendly player in the entire mining ecosystem. Obelisk, we felt, was the only choice. And you look at all the other mining players, there was no other alternative that actively chooses not to self-mine, actively chooses to disclose production schedule, actively chooses to disclose how much how much they're mining, how much they've produced, how much they've shipped, is actively enforcing, you know, we're not gonna let one buyer take 85% of the hash rate or 45% of the hash rate. Okay, so Devin, what do you think? Yeah, so that was just a little small clip. That that was all I was able to to get, you know, uh, recorded uh, without you know getting in trouble. <laughs> That's what it really comes down to. Uh, I didn't want to you know piss anybody off, but I, I wanted to make sure that you know provided you guys the content, um, you know, and you know in a small little you know taste, so that way you can go out and go to the Texas Bitcoin Conference YouTube channel and watch the whole video. Hopefully, they have that up soon. Uh, because that is really good information and that's something that we'll definitely have to play you know uh, you know it's one of those things where like uh this is what i really want david on the show he just knows uh about he knows about so many different subjects in the space um and uh yeah so uh, hopefully you know we can book him i think that'll be gosh that'll be epic um next person that i was probably the really the only person that I wanted to make sure that I meet at the Texas Bitcoin conference. And that's saying a lot because, um, Lynn Albrecht as a part of freeross.org, And she's just a wonderful woman, just a wonderful person in general. Um, she tells us all about, um, uh, what Ross has been up to and, uh, kind of gives us an update. So check this out. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Lynn. Sure. Good to see you again or see you in person. <laughs> yeah, it was great finally meeting you. Um, I know there's a lot to catch up on with uh, what's uh, going on with Ross's case. Can you just kind of give us an update? Well, um, you know, the Supreme Court denied our petitions. So that pretty much ends the direct appeal process. And so now we're turning to the political realm in terms of um, working for clemency with a commutation from the president. And, um, you know, uh, that's why we have a petition. Uh, it's over 95,000 signatures now, and I urge everyone who is against excessive sentencing and doesn't think a nonviolent person should get a double life sentence for his role in a website, uh, sign it and um, share it. Because I'd like to be able to say to the president, hey, there's a half a million people here who really think this is important. Uh, and it's not just for Ross. There's, a, there's so many people who are in prison with excessive sentences for decades and decades, he is a friend in there who's in has a life sentence for marijuana sales in Colorado, where it's legal. It's insane. And um, so, please sign the petition. You can go to freeross.org. There's a big banner or freeross.org/petition. Um, we have come up with a um, you know it took a long time. It's a big piece of work, but a um, narrative of the case history called Railroaded: The Targeting and Caging of Ross Ulbricht that is based on the public record 
We don't have access to the sealed evidence and the undisclosed evidence, but we have the public record, and we put it together in kind of a story. And it's you can read it or listen to it. So I would recommend, if you're at all interested, I, I think you'll. Pro I think it's pretty sure bet you'll learn something because I learned so much. Um, and so we're just not giving up. Uh, we are have different lawyers that we need help paying. We have, um, you know, we ask people to spread the word. Uh, and, you know, we're just working to get Ross into a situation. Well, get, working to get him free, yeah. you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I know the petition uh, came out and I signed it immediately, spread it to everybody for like as long as as long as I could. Um, and, um, you know, uh, it's great seeing him on Twitter. Yeah. Can you tell us how that's kind of working? Yeah, he uh, writes it down in a letter to a person who's very close to our family, and um, they, I, I don't do it. I, I go, oh, I wonder what Ross did today. I'm completely not in it. Okay. And um, I have my own Twitter, which is free underscore Ross, and um, he, uh, every when he can, he writes about really his life or what he's feeling. You know, it's not, a, it's not about his case or about, you know, it, it's really about who he is. He really wanted people, you know, he's been so smeared, he's been so maligned, and, um, misrepresented and he wants just people to know who he is he's just a regular guy who's a decent nice person who you know has you know he's not a drug kingpin thug who's violent or anything like that in fact he's so nonviolent that he refused to assault another inmate and consequently had to put himself in protective custody because then he became a target because he wouldn't do it and so he's been in a metal box now for six weeks which he put himself in, but it's tough. It's like, you know, you're sitting there waiting to be, they decide what they're going to do with you. Gosh, that's just, I mean, when I think of stuff like that, I just, uh, I just can't think on a human level how you could treat some people like that. Like, I just don't, I, I don't know. I just don't understand it. And I think that's when we had to do on the podcast. It was just hard for me to wrap my head around how the people, like governments and, you know, jails can just treat people like that yeah. it just doesn't make any sense yeah it's pretty it's pretty when you really see it up close and personal it's it's shocking it's really shocking and you don't think this country you know you think oh america so so modern and but it's very old-fashioned when it comes to its criminal justice system it's essentially the dungeon model that's been going on since pre-middle ages and they still think that's going to correct supposedly behavior and Really, all it does is train people to be criminals because you have to survive and, uh, you know, and, and break people. And, you know, it's just um, so many times the punishment is so much worse than the actual conduct deserves. It's, there's a lot of over-sentencing and, and over-incarceration. Uh, no, there is. There is. Um, but, you know, um, it, it was really nice seeing Ross tweet and... Um, I made sure I was replying and nice. made sure well, I was we, retweeting. I don't, but um, he gets those printed out. So if you reply, he'll see it. So And it makes him feel connected, you know, because he feels... There's so, so many people that love him. Like, just I was watching the stream when it first started, when it first happened that first week. Just the amount of people just showing love. And these are people in the blockchain that develop, you know, their own cryptocurrencies or they're creating projects, you know, for Facebook or all this other stuff. And just all these people just have a profound love for him because we all know, I think yeah. our generation knows what actually really went down. Yeah. Uh, it's just the older generation, the, the, the people that 
that were in charge of that case um, just, yeah. Right. And the other thing is that I'm doing um, is doing a video project where I'm getting, and I got several here uh, of snippets, and maybe you would like to, uh, of people in the cryptocurrency space saying what, it, why they signed the petition, why they support Ross, why it's wrong that he's life sentence and free Ross. And I want to compile, you know, maybe 300 of them or so to demonstrate support from the crypto community for Ross. Because that's another argument to say to the president, you know, look, there's a, there's a strong community support here. The Libertarian Party also came out officially for asking the president to, to pardon Ross. So, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of people, like you say, who understand that he shouldn't be in prison. And he's a lot to contribute. He's so frustrated. Yeah. He wants to be part of this so badly and help and, and be part of it and in a constructive way. I mean, he's not somebody who's going to go out and, you know, do anything. No, no you're right. He, he, has a, he has a great mind, and um, it, it's it's one of those where, like, I feel like if he really was out right now, he'd be creating something big. And when I talk to all these other uh, developers here, I, I look at them, I, I, I just see, like, wow, they're really bright, and they're really smart. And when I, when I think of Ross, and when I was able to watch him, you know, during the documentary and stuff, and just like, wow, they're really smart, you know? Yeah. So, but thank you so much, Lynn, for oh, thank you. coming on uh, through our podcast. I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, you always have our support no matter what. And uh, if you ever need anything, like I said before, please reach out. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, it's a pleasure. I got to do it in person this time and <laughs> yeah. anytime. Yeah. And thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks, Lynn. And like I said, yeah, Lynn is just one of the sweetest, nicest people you will ever meet. And, um, you know, I told her that, you know, I will do whatever it takes to make sure that we get the word out about uh, freeross.org slash petition. So if you have it already, I urge you, urge you, urge you, urge you to go to freeross.org slash petition and sign it. Just sign it. Um, she's really trying to get to 500,000. That will get us to a spot to where we can get uh, Ross freed. Um, I will just say this. I think if it wasn't for Ross... I think Bitcoin wouldn't be around today. And I'll just leave that statement the way that is. I, and I, I'm just going to say that. Like, I, I feel like Bitcoin would would not have existed if it wasn't for Ross. I think he's that important to this entire sector. So uh, please go to freeross.org slash petition and sign it if you haven't. It, can only, it only takes 30 seconds. It really does. Um, once you sign it, you know, you re- tweet it out too as well. And finally, we have on Marco. Marco, of course, you know, from Decred. And I just wanted to make sure that we we, we talked to him because he was actually, if it wasn't for Marco, um, I don't think we would have been able to get to the te- Texas Bitcoin conference. Uh, it was because of Marco. He's somebody that I will always reach out to uh, definitely now that I know he's in Austin uh, just for any advice I would need. Um, he's, that, he's that good of a person. Take a listen. The day has ended and we have uh, Marco from Decred um, on the show. Marco, how, how was your weekend? Oh, it was really busy. I'm uh, pretty ragged out at this point. I think I'm uh, ready for that nap. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. I saw you all over the place, uh, speaking, panels, uh, doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff as well. I don't know how you do it. It's pretty awesome. Well, you got you to... Gotta... Just got to power through it, man. So I want to give you it 110%. This sounds more like a sports interview, man. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, no. honestly, I, I, I can tell that, you know, the cred 
you know, came out and in full support with the community. And uh, I think that just says a lot about what you guys are about. Well, thank you. Yeah, we had a lot of really great volunteers, though. So let's, you know, let's give those guys a hand. Uh, we had a bunch of kids from, from the, uh, sorry, from UT Austin show up. They helped uh, with the booth. We had folks that actually flew in from different areas. Man, so they did such a great job. They wrote fantastic presentations. And then, you know, booth duty and all the hard work as well. Yeah. So success? Uh, I think so. So I would have liked to see a couple more butts in the seats, but there was there were quite a few folks walking around. So and I think there were some very valuable connections made. Yeah. And I think the people that were here really cared. I think that's going to go a long way for sure. I think so. I think that we. Uh, I think I think we have a message that resonates, right? It's yeah. a, the, the, I think our, our yeah. Our, what, what our issue really is 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 how do we explain this to people without. Their, their eyes glazing over it because it's it's a bit of a complex project, right? It takes yeah. a couple of minutes to to explain. Yeah. So, but no, but I think we uh, we we succeeded in you know converting some people, if you will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm definitely a big fan now, that's for sure. But I, I think is hearing you talk, hearing a lot of other people uh, talk, and just realizing that man, you guys are working all his asses off and uh, and really really smart. Well, so we, we are all over the place, and there are a lot of folks that are working on this, right? So even though I often stand in front of crowds and, and talk, it's, it's not me, right? It's, yeah. it's, I'm just one of the many cogs uh, in this wheel. And, you know, so guys like Luke, who's standing over there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he writes a whole bunch of code every day. So uh, it's, it's, it's a bunch of people working really hard to, to make this happen. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Mark. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. And that was it from the Texas Bitcoin Conference. I, I must say that if I just gave my overall standouts um, for the for the weekend, I would say definitely um, meeting Lynn Albrecht was probably the highlight of it all. Um, I think meeting uh, David Warwick of Saya was another highlight for me. Um, I think, uh, you know, uh, becoming friends with Marco and the whole uh, Decred team and uh, seeing how passionate they are about their project um, is really inspiring on another level. Um, and I think I think also too like uh, like there's some stuff that me and Gary talked about um, uh, from the Crypto Cousins podcast just off off record. And I really get the sense that um, he is somebody that I am definitely going to seek for advice, to, especially navigating myself into this whole kind of. I wouldn't even call it like, I guess, podcasting realm, journalism, but I don't think I'm a journalist at all. Um, but you know what I mean? Because he's more, he's a real professional. And uh, I definitely would definitely seek his advice for cues on how to do some things because, um, yeah, just a wonderful gentleman, must say. Um, and overall, I, I think the conference in general was, um, was very Austin. And, and I mean that uh, because it's the truth. Um, there are some things that you saw that were just out of left field. There are some things that you saw that remind you of Texas. There are some things that you saw where that were just like uh, absolutely just crazy. Um, <laughs> but that's Austin. Like there's that's what that's what makes Austin weird. And, and that's why we have that saying, keep Austin weird, because it, there's just so many things that's just, you know, you can you can literally like this is the only city um in Texas and probably in the world where you could literally go from, you know, being a part of one of the most awesome parties you've ever been to with very open-minded, super talented, artistic, free-thinking people, right? And then the very same evening run into 
another crowd of super <laughs> cowboy <laughs> cowboy kicking. Do you know what I mean? Like it's it's uh, gun toting. It's very much like that. Like you could run into very opposite sides of the spectrum, and I feel like in Austin is the only place you'll get opposite sides of the spectrum. And you'll also get a very mix of in the in-between. And um, yeah, so I, I think Texas Bitcoin Conference, I think overall, is very Austin. Um, South by Southwest is is, is is South by Southwest because it's a whole other beast on its own. But uh, Texas Bitcoin Conference is very Austin. It reminded me a lot of Austin. There was juggling <laughs> just because. Why not? Why not juggle? You know, <laughs> and they're giving classes on how to juggle. But that's just Austin. You know, this is the same city where you'll be going to work or something and you'll see a guy in a thong just riding his bicycle, <laughs> just wearing a thong. <laughs> and it's not something like it's not something like you just like um, I guess it's not, it's not even something that you just notice because I mean, well, you notice it, but it's not something you pay attention to or think it's out of the ordinary, if that makes sense. Um, it's just, it's just very Austin. It's just very weird. Uh, and normal people would see that and be like, what is going on? Like they would freak out. But here in, in Austin, that's just a normal thing. Um, so yeah, I think that's a very good way of putting it. And then, and then finally, I want to thank every single one of y'all that has, you know, either retweeted or liked or commented on our coverage over the weekend. That really signals to me what you guys want to see. Um, because it lets me know what stuff that I'm providing, uh, of content that's valuable to you. Cause sometimes I feel like, uh, I'm throwing darts in the air in, in the middle of the night when I can't see nothing. But other times when I'm, I feel like I'm getting it right, then I know because you guys will signal comments or likes or retweets or whatever. And I'll be like, okay, that's what they want to see. They want more of that. So I'll know where, what direction to go down. Um, because in a conference, like I like you'll have a set plan of things that you want to attend and you'll have people pulling you this way and pulling you that way to buy for your attention and for your coverage um but you really have to remember why you're there you're there for your listeners and I think um going here at the Texas Bitcoin conference you guys helped out a lot with that so I want to thank you so much for you know retweeting liking commenting posting uh, whatever it is uh, that you did this weekend to help me it let me um it, le- it helped me out a lot uh, it's like having another person there with me at the conference telling me hey car go check that out we need to we need to cover that on the show so i really appreciate your uh, your involvement with that and i also want to say a uh, shout out to everybody that left questions in the telegram uh, especially or uh, Matthew for you know you know getting that across to David like you know there's so many like very insightful questions you guys asked that I want to make sure that I ask them and um, so yeah thank you for that because I feel like you know some sometimes it, this this whole space can feel over my head and it can feel overwhelming but knowing you guys have my back on those things helps out a lot so for that thank you and I think that's it. That's all I really got to say about Texas Bitcoin Conference. It was a really fascinating weekend. I had a great time. I will definitely do it again next year. Um, and I can't wait to see the same people. So bye, Bitcoin. Save the world. See you tomorrow. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thriller Podcast with Car Gonzalez.
Take you at a time.